This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to disseminating the Torah and Mesorah of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky and his Rabbeim. Please consider donating at eshelpublications.com to help us continue our mission. Okay, um, good evening everybody. We're holding over here in Ayin Gimel. Let me just give a brief, um, I guess, uh, framework. The, um, in, in Ayin Gimel, the Rambam is going to list all of the postulates that these Medabrim, um, these, these Muslim scholars needed. He's, so he listed them that we saw last time. He is going to explain them more in detail and knock them, explain why they're not really um, good. And then he, in Ayin Dalit, Ayin Hey, and Ayin Vav, he's going to explain the proof that the, the, the proofs from these principles that the Madabram used to establish a creator of the world, that he has no physical form, and that he is one. This, these were obviously core Muslim beliefs that coincide with Jewish beliefs. They're based on these, and obviously the Rambam does not think that they stand the test of reason. And so that's Ein Gimel, Ein Dalet, Ein Hei, and Ein Vav. With that, he finishes the first chilek, and the second chilek, he starts by listing Aristotle's principles, and he, he, does, he says he doesn't agree with all of them, but he is willing to work with it because he feels that most of them are fundamentally sound, and he still will prove Emuna even based on some of their fallacies. That's the structure of it. So, so that's sort of a, a, a sense of where we're going with all these things. Um, so right now, we're holding Chayel Kishpeng and Gimel. Last, last time we spent going through just the you know, dimension of each one, he's going to elaborate on each one of these and sort of knock it a bit and explain some of the issues. Hakdoma Rishayna, Inyana. So, the position was that the world consists of particles. We explained last time that the big question always is this world like, um, let's say, let's say uh, sugar, where it's it, a lot of fine particles, but you have each particle is one little sugar crystal, or is it like a marshmallow um, fluff where we can just keep slicing it endlessly? So they were atomists. They believed the world was made of tiny particles. At some point, they become so tiny, they are impossible to divide, not only because they don't have a knife sharp enough, but they're not given to the vision. And then this is a very strange one. They say they obviously have no measurement. In other words, let's think about it. Anything that has <coughs> some measurement should be divisible. 
if I have one inch of matter, then I should be able to make it into two half inches. So their point is at some point, those points are so tiny, they don't have um, any real length to them and therefore they cannot be divided. So below lechelik echnon kamas klal, they don't have any quantity. But when you have a bunch together, so it adds up and it becomes quantity. To us, guessed to accept. But it, it, that was the thought process. They, that every that the world consists of these tiny um, particles that, when gathered together, they become something physical. The gathering together becomes physical. And when you get the, 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 the right amount together, we get two pieces. Now, both of them become physical, and we have two physical particles, like some of them say, which, which is sort of justifies any, defies reason. And all these atoms are exactly alike. There is no difference in each individual particle, which is something that today, all electrons to us are electrons. And um, the, the structure of uh, the, the individual properties of each atom and or molecule has to do a lot with the structures. And that's not, un, it's not that different. And they said, The physical things exist as a result of the pieces together. At Shavaya Etzlam, physical existence, separation. And again, it's not so off from the way we understand today quantum particles, where only when we have a large group of them together uh, do we say that, that we can make definitive statements about it and so on. But Leikru Hefsit. Um, they don't say that the particle becomes dissolved or doesn't exist anymore. Aval Yomer, they say, it, the gathering them and putting them together um, and moving them together, that's what existence is, physical existence. Um, they, they, they don't believe, they argue with, the, with those philosophers who felt that these particles are eternally existent. Who creates them constantly. And they could also disappear. So um, I've given you to understand the, the, the idea of that there is no real things that exist. All of it is uh, a constant and it comes into existence when these particles get together, disappear, when they move apart. That's one. The second Akdama, the existence 
of nothingness. Let's, let's, uh, let's explain why this is part of the same picture. Well, let's go back to our muscle. The, 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 the is the world is the world sugar particles or marshmallow fluff. Um, that's, it's, that's a sweet hakira if there ever was one. The, um, the, the, now, if the world is, um, if the world is sugar particles, then there exists space where there are no particles or else you could not have individual particles. By definition, if, if, if I can say the world consists of particles, so, so it means that there is space between the particles when no particles exist. So a circle of the universe, there is emptiness, and within this emptiness, you have these particles. If the world is in, there is no nothingness because it's filled with thing. was believed from all the world is filled with a substance called ether. It was necessary as the medium through which light travels, when life was in, light was understood as a wave, it needed a medium, and the only medium in a vacuum could be something. So they posited that something like either exists until it was absolutely disproven. But the point is that um, the, the, that there be a vacuum is a, a corollary of, of, the, of the particle nature of the world, um, as opposed to matter being ubiquitous. Sashashim is another another code word for these people. Not sure exactly why, but but Medabrim Shashim, these are all Muslim scholars of a certain bent. Um it is some space of distance, ain't dovem klau, has nothing in it. Alarekim Kolgov, totally empty. Nedamehem kol etzim, they have no, um, no being in it. This is absolutely necessary. This postulate is a direct correlate to the first one. If the world was full of those other particles, you're telling me that things come into existence when particles come together and form something. If there is no space within which they come together, then how are they moving together? You can't have two physical things moving into each other. It doesn't mean anything. And, and we describe two states of matter when these individual uh, entities are not together and when they are together. So that requires a, a, an empty field where it takes place. They need to, to therefore um, postulate, uh, they need to posit a, 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 um, a, a, a vacuum so that these pieces can come together and co-apart. 
V'titochen tnuos ha-mesnoya b'regis ahu, and this within this structure, within this emptiness, within the space, is where you can have these um, atoms come together or go apart. So the particulate nature of the world, the empty space within which the, the dynamic of it happens that comes together and separates, all of that is part of one shita. And now there's a third piece. The, the first three are part of one. And that's the third one is Akdamashlishis, he Omram. They said that time consists of also discrete particles, not one continuous flow. There is time which into anything shorter, very similar to this point. Um, this is also follows from the first two shame suffix Loma. Now, let's, this is as follows. It's, it's actually um, something that was from the big puzzles, um, paradoxes. Aristotle said as follows. Um, distance, items, and time must go hand in hand because I'm in a car and it takes me an hour. Functioning together, the car I'm in, distance I've traveled and the time I've traveled. If the, if the, if the um, distance consists of an infinite amount of pieces, then how can I do in a finite amount of time? This is going back to the famous Zeno's paradox, which goes as follows. Um, how is motion power? Possible. So, in order to get to, to a half a mile, to get to a half a mile for a quarter mile, to go a quarter mile and eighth of there is an infinite amount of steps that are going to happen. The same thing is true with time. If time is divided infinitely, then I need an infinite amount of time to get to wherever it is. So since the three work in tandem as a function, when you have um, a, 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 a car and, and a road and time, so either or, they, they're all working together in tandem. Either 
they are um, they, either they are all three particles or all three infinite, and 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 we solve it some other way. But you can't have a finite car going over an infinite road. Um, it, it, it's, it, 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 motion was always really a pellet. In other words, it was hard to understand exactly how motion works. When does the first atom move of the car, and when does the second one move, and so on, and when is it in this space, that space? Those, those are things that puzzled it, and Zeno's paradoxes were of that type. You had a whole bunch of paradoxes. The bottom line was, how do we understand motion, a, a, you know, t t if we can break it down to an infinite amount of pieces, then we theoretically should last an infinite amount of time and, and vice versa. But so, so the point is they needed, because they believed that matter is finite, they had to believe that time is finite. So atom one travels the first second one, one inch. Atom two travels the second second another inch and so on. That was the logic of, of, of what they were saying, that, that, that all go together. So Bemela, I, I not, you know, it matches. So, so each car length covers an, a length of road, and that's, and that's what it's about, and they do it in a minute of time. They realized that if time was continuous, and was not in it. So, so, so then the piece that's traveling um, has to be able to, you have to be able to keep breaking it down. So Aristotle said, those three are going to go in tandem. Because they're happening at the same time, however you're going to understand one, you must understand the other. So the road is not continuous, but it's discrete units. So I can only count 15 bits in this road, and that's it, and 15 seconds, and 15 um, whatever. And, and this is how I understand motion as not falling into the trap of infinite. Time also is reduced to, to units which no longer can be divided. An hour is 60 minutes. A minute is 60 seconds. 60 some other measure. And finally comes down to basic units in that it cannot be split. So time also becomes something which has um, a, 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 a clear structure. And and uh, the 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 time itself does not have um, 
it, it, it's it's not an entity on its own right. It's pieces. Um, so he says, mehus hazman," meaning, I think it means they don't get at all what time is about. In other words, they have no idea of understanding time. Um, he says that I, that I don't have a problem with. If even the great philosophers didn't had struggled with time and didn't really understand it, until Galen said that it is a divine entity like Certainly these people who don't get it certainly thought so. I want to add something, and this is one of the reasons why time was so puzzling to people. It really is the foundation, in some ways, of calculus. Um, you know, if, if I take, so, so, let's say, let's take um, a, 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 an example that we're familiar with. I take a video of a car moving. Now, a video consists of a lot of pictures that are absolutely um, still. There is no such thing as a motion picture. It's a, it's, 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 it's a mirage. There's no such thing as a video. It's, it's many, many, many stills. Even computers, it's, it's many still pictures, you know, the, in, on the pixels. So, picture one is, is, is a still. Picture two is a still. Picture three is a still. Okay, so I'll run the video quicker. I get more stills. So where does motion happen? If, 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 if taking a video produces a never-ending series of stills, so what is motion? Where is the movement in motion? It's really a type of thing that 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 um, is, is puzzling. It, it's not this very hard to have a tfisa in that. So so where does that motion have? Motion consists of many 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 types of many many stills. And no matter how much I do it, that's the way it is. And laharaya, there's no way to demonstrate motion uh, to project motion except through many stills. So yes, the eye catches it as motion. So fine, that's good. But the car actually went from point A to point B. When did that motion happen? Uh, I'll, I'll, it's very interesting. The, the, um, the, the altar of Slabotka's, Reb Svi's father had a brother who was, um, as a young child, known as a genius. His son, who was Rabbi Asher Finkel, just passed away recently. He was a professor of Jewish studies and so on. But he, his name was Rabbi Leza Menachem, was a, a brilliant, um, was as a child, known as a child prodigy. And my father told me over um, one of the things they asked him and his reply. He was six years old, and someone asked him, does a cup... If something if something falls, does it accelerate as it's falling? Does it fall quicker and quicker the more it falls? That was the question posed to him. And he said as follows: When a cup falls, when a glass falls from the chair to the floor, it doesn't get smashed. When it falls from the table to the chair, it doesn't get smashed. When it falls from the table to the floor, it does get smashed. 
He said, who told the glass where it fell from? That was the way he, 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 he articulated it. And it was fascinating for a six-year-old. It is certainly amazing. But the point is, motion is, 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 is and that's what he said. It, it's, we, we have no way of translating motion. You know, kacha. But, but, and therefore, they, they, the only way they could say is, yes, all of motion is discrete units as time is discrete units. That's what, that, that's what exists. Okay, Ushma Mashi is Chayev. So now he says, Ushma Mashi is Chayev, the Fiela Shoshak Dovas Veminu. Take a look what, what ludicrous things come out of these three Akdamas that they had believed. Omer, they said, Hatunua. So, so how does motion work? There is nothing continuous in the world. So everything is framed. So how does motion work? Hatunua had take etzim purdim and achalokim ahem. Point A moves one unit over to the next point. But movement, they also say, is, um, is a fixed amount. So nothing can go faster than something else. So how do things go faster? Um, the, 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 if you do see that two things go in two different ways um, with, that are different distances and covered at the same time, because one person ran much further in the minute than the other one did, he's not, um, he's not, it's not that you, can, that you can actually go quicker. It's between discrete units of motion, you have um, more gaps of rest. And you have less gaps of, of rest between the, and the quicker motion. So a unit of motion is a fixed unit, like the speed of light, except that since each piece does many, many motions, the, the amount of time you allow between emotions is where you get the difference in speed. What about um, an arrow that is is uh, that 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 comes out almost instantly? That also the motion itself has pauses. Why do you see continuous motion? You see an arrow go and blurred. It is the misleading of our senses. And because our senses don't get a lot of things. We just said it in 12th Akdam, if you remember, that you can't trust your senses. So again, we would laugh at this, but it's very true about movies. So somebody looks at a movie reel, and 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 he's and he sees a lot of stills, and when he looks at a motion picture on the wall, he sees movement. How do you understand it? Because the eye is not accurate. The eye is not seeing a lot of different frames. The eye is seeing continuous motion. They they said that this is true about everything. Um, 
he says, let me ask this. You have a wheel spinning. Let's say, let's, let's take a, 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 um, a, a, um, a millstone. Okay, so millstone is spinning. Now, cloud goddle. The bottom is a smaller circle than the top. They both circle the axis at the same time. So, if we have this big wheel, this big millstone, circling around an axis. Now, the bottom one, the, the one the bottom meaning the inside one, covers a smaller distance in a second than the one on the very outside of the rim. The outside of the rim is, let's say, three feet. The inside one is two feet. So, so this one is going three foot a, a minute. This is going two feet a minute. So, so the outside part of the wheel is go, of the outer rim is going at a much quicker speed than the inner rim, and it's one wheel. So, what's happening over there? How do you explain that? See, so he says, There's more space over there. It's one stone. So, you have one stone. So, so either, either, either the pieces are going at this speed or that speed. How do you understand it? Um, what happens is the matter falls apart as it's turning. In other words, the stone is sort of, while it's in motion, the pieces are, each one is sort of a, a, a divorce from the other one. And they, they do their own merry thing. You take, you, all of a sudden it's coming apart. And it sticks together. And, and you, we don't see any pieces moving apart. We don't see anything glued together. It looks like the same wheel before, in the middle, and after. Okay, go back to Axiom 12, that what we see is not what the reality is. Um, what we see is valueless, determining the truth. The seichel is... Don't that these points are the worst is like dumbest. Um, the, 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 he says, it, It's the second one that, that demands that there be empty space brings a lot worse problems. Um, so this is harder to demonstrate a little bit. Basically, when you look at a square and the amount of points um, in the in the in the in diagonal. You can make a square using the same amount of points for all of it, and it just obviously the space is longer. According to them, if if it's one unit, 
it's a square, it means the pieces are attached, then, then how is it that the diagonal is bigger than each side? If you if you to draw it out with that, you'd see it. It's not it's not so difficult to understand what the point is making, and they answered that in a chanami. The, 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 there is no thing. Um, the diagonal is equal to side. Things that are just weird. He said they they say that a square doesn't exist. Using these hakdamas, all of geometry falls apart. Different aspects of geometry in terms of diagonals, etc., fall away according to this. And some of, of, of Euclides' uh, postulates, such as that you can divide it in line to two, is not true always. According to them, you, it, it's, it's not a true postulate that every line can be divided into two. Let's say I have a piece of wood over here. Now, a piece of wood consists of X amount of, there's no way I can divide it into exactly two, two halves because uh, I can't divide that middle one. So I would have to uh, qualify uh, that postulate and say every item, every line can be divided into two if there are even number of particles in that. Which, um, so there was some sort of um, book of engineering, of mechanics, that they're like a hundred experiments that he has. All of them are, were actually conducted. And done. And all of them. And if it was true that there would be empty space and everything that follows from it, not one of them could go. Many of the, of the, of the, uh, Experiments about how water gets drawn would fall apart. And to sit forever. So these three are that are very far one with the other. The Ramam says they lead to such grotesque um, impossibilities. That what do I care that he proves a kachbaruch from it? To prove a kachbaruch from things that are patently false doesn't much. It it's a part that's yeah. and, and uh, let's try to continue. So the, the next, like I said before, the next three prokim in the first chelak, which finishes the first chelak, deal with what they try to accomplish with uh, with these postulates and where he builds where he builds his case he bases it on the the, the, the um, Aristotle's axioms which only one of them he has a real issue with and then but he but he's he's able to make his case 
use okay the side the job